Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. A lot of um, groundhogs because I think they're temperate creatures. They don't like drinking. I've never once seen a groundhog with like a beer cracking open a cold one with the boys. It just doesn't happen. And welcome to the Summer Reading Podcast, the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review all of the books you are assigned to read in English class. I am your professor. <laughs> my name is Jack. My pronouns are he, him. And I am your librarian. My name is Marty, and my pronouns are she, her. And uh, you're joining us at an uh, interesting point, I think, in this podcast history, because the episodes have been coming out for a month now. It's so exciting. For us, I was talking to my dad recently, who's like, oh, I want to listen to uh, one of the ep- like your, your episodes, because you have a couple out now. And I'm like, they have- my dude, we my have dude, they four. have been coming out for a month. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, there's like, there's like four of them out. Yeah. Do that, and which is crazy because by the time you get to today, uh, we will have been posting for what three? Yeah, three, three months. Th- three months. Of that this? sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of yeah. These- of these literary shenanigans. Literary. Literary. I was at brunch with some people today, and I apparently had not mentioned the podcast to them until it was like, oh, what are you doing with the rest of your day? And I was like, well, I'm recording my podcast tonight. And they were like, what? You have a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, don't you follow me on social media? Of course I do. (laughs) I thought you were my friend. Yeah. I thought you kept apprised of my actions. (laughs) Um, so we may have three more listeners. Yeah, well, is the I, uh, upshot of that. So uh, we talked about this briefly before we started recording, but I was away last week, and I um, missed you so much. Yeah, yeah, it was mutual. Yeah, um, I was away last week, becoming uh, a master again. Woo! Hashtag humble brag. Um, <laughs> and uh, my phone said, "Hey, it's been a while since you've texted Marty." <laughs> Um, I love technology. Maybe, maybe you should text Marty. It's <laughs> one of the best texts I've ever gotten. <laughs> hey, Apple is trying to keep our friendship alive. I mean, thanks. So, thanks, Apple. I appreciate pay, it. That's what we pay the overlords for. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was away. Um, very tired. I'm still tired. I've been home for, I think, actually a week. So it was the, it was the week prior. Oh, right. Um, okay. Uh, and it was, uh, it was a lot. It, it's poetry camp. I'm a fiction writer, but it's poetry camp. Yeah. Um, I, my, my friend, uh, my friend Day, uh, they're a brilliant poet. Mm. Uh, picked them up from the train station. It was me, uh, our friend Kaylin drove them up to New Hampshire and, uh, Day's just like, oh, it's so exciting. We're going to get to go to poetry camp. And I'm sitting there very polite being like, not a poet. Uh, <laughs> not, not a poet. And then, like, after 10 minutes, they like reach forward, they patted me on my shoulder, and they're like, I, I realize you're not a poet, uh, but know that it just extends to writing. I'm like, no, that's par for the course for this program. That's so funny. Um, oh my gosh. And the way I think about it is, a couple weeks a year, it's okay to be a poet. It is, absolutely. Uh, with, with my program, um, if you're not like a poet, at least for those residencies, you're not going to 
get as much out of it. Right, right. Like, if you're a devout prose writer and you're like, I'm not going to fucking poetry. Are you going to poetry at me, bro? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do If you don't do that, you're just not going to get as much out of out of those residences. Fair. Uh, but I'll, I, I'll, I mean, I would think, uh, to me, as a non-master in in the literary arts, um, I, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would think that studying poetry as a prose author would improve your prose writing skills. So yes, no, so that's the thing, right? Um, I'm not, I'm not salty about that. Okay. What I'm salty about is, so you could, you could do all these extra all these extra workshops the ones that the professors are like hey you could think about this or you could do this or try this yeah yeah um and most of them are geared towards poetry okay but every once in a while you get a professor just sort of throwing a scrap saying this is going to be like more of a prose thing um and what what bothers me is like almost none of the poets ever go to the prose oh no i say this i i say this like not trying to start shit (laughs) many of my (laughs) beloved beloved poet friends it's like dude you can't just be interested in how to write dialogue yeah like for like one hour yeah one hour also i mean i think that that would inform your writing as a poet like i think it all it all connects yeah wisdom you can't just drink from one well amen brother Um, (laughs) yeah so so, yeah that was it i was away yeah it wasn't even it wasn't even far i'm talking like this was like day two or three my phone was like you should text mark that's amazing i love that (laughs) You should tell me. <laughs> Keep the uh, friendship going, Jack. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? I have been, what have I been up to? Oh my God. I don't even know. My mother had surgery. Um, so I went and helped her wow, out. That was not, not yeah. what I was. Yeah. I thought you were like, we yeah. went to the park. No, no. She had knee surgery. So it was planned. Yeah. It was not like a, you know, <laughs> emergency. Well, we got her new legs. <laughs> she has a new knee. It's all good. Um, <laughs> So I went and helped her out with that. So mm-hmm. that was a little bit of a blur that like three days or whatever that I was doing that. Um, summer reading at the library, super busy. Um, lots of kids coming in and getting their prizes, which is really cute. That, I love that. It's so awesome. Did I, you like, have the, the Scholastic Book Fair? Oh my God, yes. My whole, my adult life is just trying to chase that high. Oh yeah. Of going in, it's like the library. It's different. Yes. Look at all these fun erasers and bookmarks. Oh my God, I was somebody sent me like a meme that was like Scholastic Book Fairs should be for adults and like you should have mm-hmm. all of the paraphernalia, but then also like have drinks and like, like you know past hors d'oeuvres and like make it yeah. like a like a well, nice like event for I think that's a good like morale wouldn't thing. that be great yeah you do it i like i don't well i mean i will say i've traveled out into the world and not a lot of people like to read out there <sighs> um it's depressing but i'm like fuck yeah are yeah. you kidding me yeah oh no i uh, you have a book fair yep what, we we got to commit to like uh, interdepartmental softball games but we can't just have a book fair <laughs> we can't just have a book fair come on guys oh trying to relate to people outside of like hmm. talking of books though i i discovered a bookshop in in lowell um lala have you lala? been there yeah no just this saturday this lovely is this saturday was their one year anniversary i know so i was there friday and i was like oh my god are you fucking kidding Isn't me that... i was there friday. no jack are you serious i, I almost, was there friday i almost called you and then i was it like was oh, friday it's... night no i took myself out on a date <gasps> i was i was like i want to go i'm gonna go to the bookstore and oh then I'm gonna my go to the god restaurant right next door oh my god uh, I go there. You've seen me. I doodle there. Yeah. Holy shit, Jack. Yeah. When were you there? I was there at like three o'clock. Oh, okay. So I was there at like seven. I I cannot believe I should have called you. But I will say I do live in this city. I know. So <laughs> I I took a ra- I have like random hours that I have to use for work within a specific time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, because I work some extra, so it's like comp time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like way behind on when I'm supposed to use it. So I was just like, oh, whatever, I'll leave at noon on a Friday. You know, burn through a couple hours. And uh, and then I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I, I got to pick up my kid at, at daycare and that's on this end of town. And so I'm not going to go home. What do I want to do? And I was like, I'm going to find a bookstore. And I just, yeah, I, yeah. You're like, I'm going to go to a bookstore yeah. in this 
town where my good good friend lives. Yeah, but, I, you I'm know, sorry. We have a podcast where we read books together. That's not something he'd be interested But in. I didn't know if you were working because it's 3 p.m. on a Friday. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't honestly, know with how last week went, I was either reading or napping. <laughs> I will call you next time. I'm really sorry. Well, you, you know what I was probably doing? What? I was still trying to commit. I didn't have, like, hard plans for myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm, I want to go to... I want to go out to eat tonight. Yeah. Um, but I was in that, I had that like weird liminal energy, which is like, I, I don't want to start anything new. Yeah. To do. Right. But it's not like, it's not a good time to go out yet. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. just sort of like, uh, yeah. who knows? All right. I'm going to call you next time. I'm really sorry. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Update your phone. <laughs> Have your phone say, hey, it's time to call Jack. Well, I need a new phone. So there we hey. go. <laughs> Hey, it looks like you're uh, about to go to a bookstore. How about, How about you call, call your bookstore friend? Call your friend Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's what I've been doing. Going yeah. to bookstores yeah. without you. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So today, my good, good chum. Yes. Uh, today, we are talking about Ethan From. <sighs> so good. By Edith Wharton. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stress this enough. I gotta say it at the top, Edith Wharton, she's my boy. Yeah. She is my boy. I knew that. And she's my boy, and I wanted to prove a point to you. Mm. I, not that I had to, but I went around. You, you've seen my apartment. I you've have. Seen the, the library I live in. <laughs> I wanted to show you every edition of an Edith Wharton book that I have. Oh, wow. I can't wait. So I'm just gonna go down the stack here. This is wonderful. Um, and I'm gonna start with Age of Innocence. So that's one Age of Innocence. Okay. <laughs> Age of Innocence, right there. So I think that's what it's tied for first. I like probably the, close, closer to second. I like but. the first cover better. Yeah. House of Mirth, mm-hmm. Penguin's Classics. House of Mirth, New Scribner Edition. Ooh. Uh, House of Mirth, Barnes and Noble Edition. Nice. Okay. Then we get to our boy Ethan. Dover Thrift Edition. Oh yeah. Kind of this, this floppy. I thing. love that one. Thin one. Ethan Frome and Selected Stories. Oh, yes. I almost bought that one. It's got um, Jingu, I think, which is one of my favorite stories of hers. Uh, It's in there. And then we sort of get to the other one. So I have this very tiny edition. It's like a little black classic. Uh, the Reckoning. I've never read that. It's a cute. They're, I think they're they're kind of like the trading card versions of Penguin's classics. I have nice. a couple, nice. couple of these, but she's got a couple short stories in here. The Reckoning okay. by Edith Wharton. Um, then we've got Summer. I by Edith love Wharton. that book. Penguin classic. She yeah. referred to this as her hot Ethan. It. It is. Yeah, I would her, agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, then I've got Penguin's classic Custom of the Country. Okay. I read this for the first time this month, too. Ha- That's how I, I kicked off my uh, my July. Nice. Um, so Custom of the Country. Okay. Then, man, this was a big one for me. I've got... <gasps> the, it, it's the 150th anniversary edition Penguins Classics put out the three novels of New York. Oh, wow. It's this, it's this lovely sort of compendium. It's got House of Mirth, Custom of the Country, and Age of Innocence in there. It's got this nice deckled edge. Wow. Um, I really oh, like a, that. Just a lovely thing. Yeah. 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 So I've got that. Then I've got this. Oh, my God, uh, Jack. Roman Fever and Other Stories. Nice. Okay. Um, Roman Fever was the first thing. The short story Roman Fever was the first thing I read of Edith Wharton. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, And then my last one is from the New York Review of Books Classics, which is just ghosts. (gasps) And so this is Edith Edith Wharton's uh, collection of ghost stories, um, ghost based short fiction. Ooh. So. I don't want to say ghost stories because okay. sometimes the ghosts are just like the ghosts were us all along. Or oh like stuff yeah, like that, but, yeah, I like stuff like uh, that. Yeah, but it's got you know afterward, which I think is one of her more famous short stories. Nice. Um, all that, and she put the collection together herself. That's, I, I, I like that. Yeah. You, you, nowadays, you usually got to go through a short story collection, either you or your like 
team. Right. Like, oh, you seem to be focused on um, longing and desire. Right. Um, where Edith Warren just walks up. So this one's about ghosts. This is ghosts. Here we go. This is, this I is love ghosts. that. This, this one's ghosts. So really excited. And this is, I'm, I'm trying to go away next week. And oh. This is, this is my, like, I'm going to read this on, like, a so porch. Your go away so, book. Oh, it's a go away book. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that, and that's, I think she's either my most or my second most owned Wow, author. yeah. She's up there, I think, um, up there with Haruki Murakami. Yeah. I yeah. have a shit ton of Murakami books. I remember that. Um, let me snick it, too. Oh, yeah. If you have the whole series of Unfortunate Events, which I do. Of course. That's 13 books right, right there. there. Exactly. So, and then if you are a huge Let Me Snick It fan... You'll go and you'll get the series of all the wrong questions. Yes. You have the unauthorized autobiography and you have right. the Beatrice letters in there. Yeah, and yeah. And it's maybe sometimes you're interested in Daniel Handler, whoever that is. I mean, who could that be? <laughs> whoever that is, I just know that Lemmy Snicket thinks he's a hack. Uh huh. Um, but sometimes for no other reason, you just want to read why we broke up. Mm hmm. Um, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's Haruki Murakami. Let me snick it. Those are like two I think yeah. the most owned, and then and then we've got uh, Edith Wharton. Edith is either Horton. tied, tied or like third or second. Yeah, I yeah, think, nice. Uh, with that. But yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah she's my boy. Yeah, Edith Wharton, she's my boy. She's my boy. She's my boy. I was um, amazed to read that she wrote over forty books in forty years. I had oh, no. Oh, you on her website too? Yeah, I had no yeah. idea she was that prolific. That like. Yeah fascinated me because i think yeah. i only really knew like the top five you know well then so let's talk about her a little bit um i've got uh i've got my notes so i got some notes the... too <gasps> oh oh i got a new notebook jack i got oh, this did is you do it? this is gonna be my summer reading notebook oh look at that yeah it's That's got cute. it's got uh, tigers, tigers on it yeah i almost was like giraffes <laughs> but i'm like those are I, I've maybe never seen more clearly delineated tigers before. Kitties. <laughs> the ducks. Um, so, so Edith Wharton. Um, oh my God. So I, I gotta say this, just in case you don't know this about us already, or maybe this is your first time. Marty and I are mass holes. Yeah, we are. We're born and raised Massachusetts people. Um, and so I think many people who are like, oh, they're from Massachusetts and, and they love Ethan Frome. Um, jackasses. These, these asses. <laughs> these jackasses. I'm sorry. Um, I just realized that has your name in it. That's, no, no. I, I, was, I was Good thing to know about the word Jack is it's many places. It is. It is. Um, uh, so Edith Wharton, uh, born 1862 in New York. Uh, died in 1937 in France, mm -hmm. and now she lived a lot. She lived a lot of her time in Paris, but she didn't die yeah. in Paris. But I was talking about this when I was away for residency, where uh, Paris is like the Florida for writers. <laughs> it, it's like it's, it's, it, it's, it's writers are like, well, I'm getting I'm getting on in the world. I'm getting old in the world as well. Wow. I think it's time. That I think it's time I make the pilgrimage to France. That is so great. I've and never... <laughs> that, I'm writing yeah. it down, Jack. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, but it's I'm... not like we have a recording yeah. of it. Um. <laughs> um, that's, I love that. But it's there, and you have so many... You're like, you gotta go to France. Yeah. And there's so many times, especially at this time, American writers in France. It's like, you gotta get James Baldwin mm -hmm, in France. Mm -hmm. um, I said it like I was going to start a list, but I'm not. It's okay. List. Yeah. I gave you two. Yeah. All right. I gave you two. <laughs> Fill in the rest. Um, <laughs> so, uh, nobiography.com. I couldn't find a biography.com for her. That's crazy that is crazy to, to think there's a uh, francis hodgson burnett yeah and not edith wharton and not edith wharton but one interesting thing i did want to point out mm. was when you type in edith wharton to the search bar on biography.com you get one hit okay and that hit is part patricia arquette um what um because oh, of, man. because of the movie i don't know uh i i i'm 
I'm getting a warning that it's going to end our meeting in 10 minutes. So <gasps> that we pause <gasps> and then rejoin. No. So that whole time, that whole time, don't worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> Just log in. Don't stop recording. Wow. Right, Why is this recording. happening? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't things. know. It says I need okay. to upgrade. Oh, okay. It might just be we just do something different next time. Yeah. Um, okay. So Patricia Arquette. Um, and then my mom will just, you know. Yeah. She'll, she'll work her magic. She'll work her magic. Thanks, mom. Uh, so Patricia Arquette. I didn't read it. Mm-hmm. I was a little more interested in. In Edith Wharton. Keeping it germane to Edith Wharton. Yeah. Um, we did that. But Edith Wharton. First woman awarded the Pulitzer Prize. Amazing. I also didn't know that. Yeah, the, the Age of Innocence in 1921. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty fucking neat. It is. And she received an honorary doctorate of letters from Yale. Mm-hmm. Now, I did not look up what a doctorate of letters is. Uh, but Search I'm like, me. <laughs> oh, all right. Honorary doctorate from Yale. People at Yale being like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let this one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give this one. This let, one's earned it. Let her slide. Yeah. yeah. Born Edith Newbold Jones. Um, and at this point, I'm, I'm going to spark notes. Mm. And the person writing, I think this, yeah, I think this was... Spark Notes. It was either Spark Notes or uh, the EdithWarden.org. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you work for either of those sites, in which case. Get mad um, at me. <laughs> in which case, I will apologize if you email us. Um, yes. But uh, someone writing the writing the article here was all like. Uh, the rituals of her privileged world that she gleefully skewered. Mm. Uh, I, and uh, I really love that as like a way of being like, yeah, she loved to pan her people. Yeah. Um, and it makes me, I, I draw comparisons between Edith Wharton to PG Wodehouse. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, which is, I, I think a lot of people were like, what the fuck? No, what? I get that. Yeah. But when you get the Jeeves and Wooster stories. Right. Jeeves and Wooster as characters persist because P.G. Wodehouse understands that you can make fun of the rich mm-hmm. as much as you want mm-hmm. because it will never be bullying. Right. It will just never be bullying. And so one of the things that Edith Wharton really, I think, runs with is, oh, yeah. 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 These people are weird, right? Right, yeah. It, it kind of sucks that we're just not allowed to pursue our happiness. Yeah. Right? Is that, it's like she's standing in the corner of the room, like, with the red solo cap, <laughs> just trying to call out to the party, being like, it's weird that we do this, right? Yeah. I don't like any of you. Right, right. But I'm the asshole if I didn't show up? Yeah. It, it's like at every social gathering is a required family <laughs> gathering. Yep. When you're in old New York. Yeah, a socialite um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had, I had seen something similar that she um, she lived in this world and then, you know, I, I don't know if they said skewered, but essentially the same kind of thing. Like it became her, um, her craft to just like sort of call out mm-hmm. all the bullshit. You know, um, and I love <laughs> That's that. That's my comfort boost. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I will say, I know we're not, we haven't gotten into talking about Ethan Frome yet, but I feel like there's a lot of that in this story as well. Like her, mm. her calling card is apparent, even though it is not a story about wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so let's let's talk about this. Have you read this before? Was this a reread? It was, yeah. I read this in high school, and I feel like it might have been a summer read, um, but I could be I could be mistaken about that. I'm pretty sure it was a high school mm-hmm. summer read. Um, 
And it's it's an interesting one because it's again we're we're recording this. It is summertime. It's always an interesting one to read in summertime because everything is like cold and bleak and like <laughs> and you're like oh it's yeah. 99 degrees out and <laughs> here I am reading about frigid, depressing winter in Massachusetts. Do you, um, think, do you think Warden ever had to shovel? I so ever in her life. Had to pick up a spade. Had to? Probably not. But I was reading about her estate in Lennox, the Mount. Yep. And how she got super into gardening while she was there. But I don't know what that means. Well, fair enough. I don't know what that means for, like, like a, a leisurely gardener who's a socialite. Do you know what she I never, mean? Like, she never shoveled out the carriage. Yeah. She was never out there with, like, a lawn chair. And this is my spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just always, always like, listen, I'll shovel it out for my herbs, for my spices. Right. But never, never will I dirty my hands for the likes of manual labor. Right, right. Yeah, that's the yeah. sense I get. But I could be totally wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> Jack. Is this a reread for you? Uh, this is like I think my third or fourth okay. pass at that Ethan doesn't Frog. surprise me. Um, well, the first all right. So I I wrote this down as uh, my Virginia Wolf story. So uh, my undergraduate, I had this professor who I utterly adored. I still adore. It's persistent, um, and she loves. Virginia Woolf. Okay. Virginia Woolf is like, she's going to read it and she's going to learn something new every time. She's got like most of her scholarship or not most, a lot of her scholarship is like Virginia Woolf. You need to understand Virginia Woolf. Okay. Um, and then weirdly enough, a lot of my academic career has fallen into the tutelage of people who just love the modernists. Okay. Um, in particular, transatlantic modernists. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because that's not me. It's not your house. Um, <laughs> it's not my, not my bag. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we could, I, I think, I, I think there is an argument to be said of, of Edith Wharton as a modernist writer. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, she had told me, my, this professor had told me, like, when she read Virginia Woolf for the first time when she was in college, she didn't like Virginia Woolf. She mm. thought the language was too dense or finicky or annoying to just understand. Um, and uh, I was like, that's really interesting because you're just such a Virginia Woolf fanatic fanatic yeah band scholar um and so i was in i think the first fiction writing class i liked Mm -hmm. um (laughs) taught by uh that's a huge dig to the other people who (laughs) make um fiction writing but uh taught by the local author jennifer seng she was an artist in residence okay um years ago now uh and i think she lived on martha's vineyard she might still but i don't know if she does um one of the uh, required readings, I, I think there were three of books that we had to get. One of them was Lucy by Jamaica Kincaid, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them was Ethan Frome, which okay. I'd never read before. And I was really going into uh, these readings really excited because I'm like, oh, these are writers who are going to, this is a writer telling me which writers are going to make me a writer. Yeah. You're going to feel like a writer. Right, right. Uh, and then the first book we read was Ethan Frome. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Is this dog shit, horse shit? Oh wow! Fucking bullshit! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Had, what the hell? Um, with uh, with Ethan Frome, because I was like, the language was just so dense, yeah. and inaccessible. It's first person, then it's not first person. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's gonna be like a fast read, but then I'm, it's, I'm like straight up going through. Um, and I, I was like, fucking, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Um, I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. In fact, I hated Edith Wharton. the the first The first thing I read of hers was Ethan Frome. Mm. Um, the second thing was Roman Fever. Okay. Um, and Roman Fever. That's one of those stories where you can kind of be annoyed at it or be very annoyed at it for most of it, and then that last line hits, and you're like, "Oh fuck, this is what she was working for the whole time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Ethan Frome, I was like. I hate this. I'm going to be very outspoken about it. I have a lot of, like, 
you're good friends who are like, no, I, I hate I hate youth work. Yeah, yeah. It's always awkward because people because when people are like, oh, Edith Wharton, who reads Edith right Wharton for fun? Right. I um. Sorry, I, I want to piggyback on this because I remember yeah. before I read this book, um, my sister was two years ahead of me in school and she read it. So she had to read it for a summer read. And she was like, oh my God, this book is terrible. It's so depressing. It's so blah. And so I kind of went into it like, oh, well, this is going to suck. <laughs> like a friend or like a, whatever, a colleague, anybody like gives you their review ahead of time. There's no way to not be somewhat um influenced by it even it if you your exactly so um it was it's sometimes if you hate the person you're like this is gonna be great <laughs> this is gonna be a great book yeah 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 um for sure so yeah that's um i'm i'm not surprised that a lot of people in your your circle at the time were also like yeah so it wasn't until house of mirth okay actually i had a couple friends who were like Oh, you like to read? House of Mirth is a great book. And I was like, you didn't work that, right? <laughs> Did you not get the word? We don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then I read House of Mirth. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I asked, actually, Heather gave it to me. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, she was like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I would like The Mayor of Casterbridge by Thomas Hardy. Yeah. And I would like The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton. Oh, nice. And, and she obliged. And I love Thomas Hardy. Yeah. And I love Edith Wharton. There you go. Um, and I slowed down. And I was like, oh, well, there, like, there's a savory quality. Yes. To, to Edith Wharton's language. Like, you can tell she cares a lot about buildings. Yeah. She cares a lot about music. Yeah. She cares a lot about people being happy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, the obstacles to get there. Yeah. Um, and then after, it was like, after I read House of Mirth, I was like, oh, no, I, I, I need think to... I love... Yeah. I love Edith Wharton. I think she's my boy. Uh, so I was from there. I did Age of Innocence, mm. and then some short stories, and then just like once or twice a year, I'm like, I gotta pick up a new, like, another Edith Wharton. Yeah, and just sort of, just sort of run with it, uh, because I think like we do this podcast long enough, we're gonna do House of. Oh, Mo absolutely. Do yeah. Do I think we're gonna do the Reef or the Buccaneers or the glimpses of the moon? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Custom of the country, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Summer, maybe. Summer's um, so good. But we're really, we're really teetering the line. Yeah. About that, but we're probably for big fans of the reef out there. Mm. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> Don't hold your breath out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, because I feel like when you get into those titles, yeah, the people who love them are like the Wharton scholars. Yeah, totally. Yeah, people are like, yeah, Mrs. Dalloway is good, but between the acts is really when you can see her. her <laughs> Uh, war anxiety is really, really picking up again. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, I think that's a pretty mild way to describe Virginia Woolf's life. But, um, um, yeah, it's funny that you say that people are not generally uh, Edith Wharton fans because I had someone come to my house. Um, it's one of the therapists that helps my son out. Saw Ethan from sitting on the kitchen table because I was reading it. And he was like, are you reading that? <laughs> I was like, yes. He was like, wow, you really are a nerd. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> I sure am. And I know that he has listened to at least one episode of this podcast. So calling him well, out. It's like, there's that John Mulaney bit that's like, we know, but hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. And honestly... It's good to know. It's good to know when plebeians have access to your children. Plebeians. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So, um, sometimes you talk to someone and you're like, "I bet you have ESPN Plus." Um, <laughs> no. This person, I would not say that about. But I do. I'm I'm on the train with you, Jack. I get it. <laughs> Um, oh god oh uh, man uh, I think it was sometime last week I made a joke about Paramount Plus being the only streaming service someone has for some reason I laughed for 20 minutes 
as if it, the most absurd thing I could imagine in the whole world wow. is someone's only streaming service being Paramount+. Plus. They're like, I need the Rugrats reboot. <laughs> I just, I can't live unless I see all those little Rugrats oh, in 3D. Oh, yeah, Tommy and, and, oh, I don't even know the others' names, God. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Tommy's like the he's, Kermit. He's the guy, yeah. Tommy's the Kermit. He is. Um, That's right. too okay, funny. So, Let's get into this. Okay. Ethan, Ethan Frome. So, Ethan Frome published in 1911. Yep. Um, there's always that, like, worry about saying a fact, and then, and then the other person being like, oh, that's interesting. I have a I... written that published 1911. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're not familiar with Ethan Frome... Um, Odds are you don't live in Massachusetts. Mm. Uh, but Ethan Frome is this sort of... I don't want to sort of color my perspective on it, mm. but I think it's, it's a real shining tragedy. Yes. Um, That's a great it, way to describe it. It It's this cold, wintry tragedy uh, about the story of Ethan Frome, mm-hmm. uh, his wife, Zena, and... Uh, Zena's cousin, Maddie, who comes in to take care of Zena because she's sick. In the course of the novel, you, you learn that Ethan and Maddie really, really love each other. Yeah. Um, but because of the rigors of society, often exhibited through Zena, mm-hmm. um, the two can never be together. Um, and then uh, it's kind of weird to say how it ends. Because there's this strange framing yeah. in Ethan Frome where the very beginning of the book and the very end of the book are told through the perspective of this unnamed narrator. Right. Who's sort of piecing together the story of the Fromes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it ends, it's the story of how this like big monumental man becomes this sort of withered figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end you get this image of like, oh, okay, these three characters have not only are stuck together, right. but have been stuck together for 20 years. Right. Um, and there's a good chance that it will last for another 50. Yep. Um, and, and so that's that's Ethan from Anything? Um, I, I think that that's a pretty good summary. I mean, I think it's a great... Um, it is a very uh, stark tale in some ways it's in the name yeah 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 exactly um and i thought it was interesting that you know this was one of hers that that she wrote while she was living in lennox at the mount and apparently her her marriage was like disintegrating at the time yeah which i did not know um ethan from published in 1911 uh edward teddy wharton and edith wharton divorced in 1913, yeah. so two years after the publication of Ethan Frome. Yeah. If I was her husband, and I read Ethan Frome, like, in 1912, yeah. I'd be like, um... Uh, can we, do we need to have a conversation? Should we talk? Yeah. yeah. Should we talk about this? Right. Would you rather be mangled uh, by a tree going down a hill on a sled than... Oh, God. And then, because you think about, mm. uh, one of the things that I read was Teddy Wharton mm-hmm. um, was dealing with uh, mental health issues. Yeah. Um, sort of this this sort of mental deterioration that's going on. And weirdly enough, I don't usually like doing this, but you can draw comparisons between uh, Zena. Uh, Edward Wharton and Zena. Yeah, totally. From that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't love that as a tool. Yeah. I don't, I don't, we talked about this with uh, Secret Garden. Uh, yes. But sort of like withered disfiguration as right. a form of, uh, I don't know, wretchedness yeah. or yeah. Uh, animosity, yeah. uh, animism of some kind of like, I don't I don't love that. Um, but sometimes you sled head on into a tree and it's just sledding head on into a tree. And it, and it doesn't work out the way you want it to. And it to. doesn't work out. Yeah. It's like, you know what? You know what's going to be poetic. Let's die together. Oh, God. It's so awful. It's <laughs> so awful. And I, I think I texted you that when 
I was reading this and my husband saw it and he was like, that's the one where they both die on a sled, right? And I was like, not quite. <laughs> You're so, so close. close, babe. You're so close. It's the one where they would have loved to have died on yeah, the sled. Yeah. And it's just so I, I love that you that you called it what did you say? Like a shining tragedy? A shining tragedy. Because it as you're reading it, like once you get past that first opening chapter with the narrator, the unseen person who just moved to town and is like, what's the story with this guy? Um, And then you get into the story of Ethan and Maddie and Zena and what is happening in their world. The, the descriptions are just so beautiful. Like everything, even when she's describing um, this like, stark (laughs) landscape this like depressing little town that seems to keep everybody stuck and and how Mm -hmm. ethan is so stuck you know he was gonna go to worcester and make something of himself the big city yeah worcester massachusetts (laughs) and then and then he gets stuck he gets stuck back at home um caring for his his ailing family and then you know, Zena comes into the picture and she's helping. She's she's the one helping his mother, I think, while she's dying. And then um, he's like, "Wow, she's she's kind of nice. She did a good job. I, I I really I should marry her. That's that's what I should do. That's you that's know, what a good person that's would the do. gentlemanly good person thing to do. And then it I couldn't uh, I couldn't pay for some groceries yeah. the other day. Uh, but they still like checked me out, so I was all like, you know what? We should get married. We should get married right now. That was a really nice thing you did for me. I want to do the. I want to be the bigger person. Yeah. And say, <laughs> Let's will you marry me? Till death do us Th- part. Thank you, thank you for checking out my pink lady apples. <laughs> Big fan. Thank you. Will, will you marry oh me? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it really is like such a. Uh, a, a take on societal expectations at that time. Yeah. Um, so, can I build off of this? Please, yes. So, Edith Wharton is up there for me with one of my all-time favorite writers. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, she, I think she's in, like, my top five yeah. of just people that I go to, just across the board. So not even, like, classic writers or, or, or literary canonical writers. Right. Um, I'm not in there because like, I love uh, I really love Herman Melville. Um, I, know. I know. We've talked about this. <laughs> I, know, I, I know that this is like uh, uh, it's the whale in the room. Um, uh, like, and I love Thomas Hardy. Yeah. Um, like I love Voltaire. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think those are canonical classic writers. Uh, but uh, of them, the only one I'm like, I will, I will go back to uh, time and again. Maybe a little bit Thomas Hardy, but more than anyone else, Edith Wharton. And so actually, I put her in the school of my beloved writers with, like, Hanya Yanagahara. Yeah. Who wrote uh, A Little Life. Okay. Um, which is one of my all-time favorite books. Um, just absolutely. Th- that's a, a, a brilliant tragedy. Mm. Um, and one of the things that I love about these writers is... They know how to write tragedy where you, the reader is never asking, well, why do they bother? Yes. Because um, there's something came up when I was away at my residency where my, my good friend Dink uh, wanted book recommendations mm-hmm. at the end of their uh, their lecture uh, for happy books. Okay. Because their, their whole presentation was on happy books. Uh, and at people going around the room being like, who writes happy books? What is happy books? Interesting. And I, I one like they they thought it was hysterical. Yeah. They're like, look at us, look at us. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sitting there being like, okay, this is proof that I feel like not everybody is effectively working through their individual traumas, and mm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's whatever. Right. I have happy books. I'll write some down. Yeah. Um. And so, is it even from a happy book? No. 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 Like, no. It, Ethan, Ethan Fromm houses one of my absolute favorite moments in all of literature, mm-hmm. which is when Ethan is watching Maddie mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. You've talked about this. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so um, beautiful. 
in in at that moment you can see that like this man is alive yeah right now he has a hard life he's stuck in a certain circumstances but there's a woman that he might not even know the depths of his love yeah but he's watching her dance across the room yeah and that sort of resonant joy mm-hmm. sustains him like, like you can, and you can feel that through yeah. through the, the the density of the language. Yeah, is like, listen, things are hard, but he got to see her dance. Right, and it's such such like a small beauty. It is. Uh, and and I always go back to it, being like, yes, I've been at, I've been at a table with like someone who I care deeply about, mm-hmm. or just watching them laugh, be charming, totally, you know, like a group of people. I'm like, this is my person. Yeah, yeah. This is my person. Right. Uh, and it's just so hit you over the head. Yeah. With like, this is the beauty of life, yeah. motherfucker. Like, yeah, no, I, I, there was, it's, I like took my book out because I wanted to find, there was some um, passage that I can't even remember if I actually underlined it. And I'm probably not going to find it now because I should have marked it. But it was something about Maddie is just laughing at something that he says. And she describes the way just hearing her laugh at him, like like being clever, just sustains him. And just like, like just that simple moment um, or like when they're walking and he, he puts his arm around her and she doesn't pull away. Um, mm-hmm. And just... And I don't know, like, it's just so beautiful. Well, that also, it's like, it. it's one of those moments where I'm like, when any writer or artist hits the emotion, yeah. that's what brings readers, keeping, it keeps bringing them back. Yeah, totally. Right, I'm like, holy shit, do I love it when I put my arm around someone right. and they like fall into my side. Yeah. Like they nestle in. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> right, right. It's one of those moments where like, I have a body. And it's not always terrible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I have a body that is able to be perceived, but it's also there for hugging. Right, right. And that's pretty and good. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and it's there's something just so... It really is. It's so beautiful. And it does give you that reason for why why is he doing this, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and that conflict comes about um, so much more organically because of course he's going to feel conflicted. I mean, he has this idea of like, well, I'm a good man and I married this woman and I have to provide for her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when he is considering leaving Xena and going with Maddie, the thing that stops him is realizing that he's poor. And his his <laughs> abandonment is a rich man's game. Yeah, and like his poverty is Eat your heart out, John Updike. <laughs> his poverty is standing in the way of his happiness and potentially Zena's happiness too cuz he he talks about how oh yeah, there was that couple where he fell in love with the other girl and they ran off together but but she was able to sell the farm and it was fine and they're they're actually all doing great now. But but it's really, you can, like, see him nudging. Right? <laughs> and, like, doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> Money for all of them? They're, they're not committed to each other yeah. systemically anymore? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that's another thing that I love about Ethan Frome is so much of literature mm. is we're stuck together and I hate you. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the core tenets of Ethan Frome is these characters want to love each other. Yeah. Like, like he, Ethan Frump doesn't want to be married to Zena anymore because he doesn't love her like that. Right. But he doesn't hate her. No. It's it's not like, like listen, we have these problems. Right. But I'm not going, like, I'm not going to treat you worse for it. Exactly. The, the treatment's still not great because there's no way, we don't have the language to deal with this. Right. But, like, these characters want to like each other. Yeah, yeah. And he, they, they he want to get along. cares about Xena. He doesn't want yeah. her to be sickly. He doesn't want her to be 
this shell of the person that he met because like when he met her she was like vivacious and she was getting shit done and he was like okay like maybe we this this could work out and then it didn't and and then he he feels stuck and he doesn't feel like he has any sort of voice to to tell her that um and and she you know uh, there's something in there where it basically says like he just stops listening to her and that you know i feel like that happens <laughs> like that i do it constantly <laughs> you did it just now didn't you just now just now i could not tell you how long i've been sitting here <laughs> um yeah and the the but the relationships feel really real to me as well, which is mm -hmm. another thing that I think speaks to the, the writing. Um, because Ethan and Maddie, they do have this love for each other. And, um, and yet, you know, the most that ever happens between them is that they hug, you know, they, they hold hands. They like, there's nothing, um, mm. There's that little church picnic, which I love when they're talking about that and reminiscing about that. It is like the sweetest thing. <laughs> um, and there's just so much hope between them, but then they also just don't see a way out. Um, there, there's so, like, she really taps into the possibility of new love. Yeah, yeah. And, and like the, the branches that's like, like you can feel our life could be this. Right. Life could be that. Right. Um, so like it's just uh, yeah um, which is crazy and so like I think another thing to the book's credit is Ethan Frome is never cruel no I think he's like I think you get this a lot in just literature mm -hmm. is an unhappy head of house is going to make it everyone's problem right um, and I think this goes to like Ethan from as a book kind of being a book about love and desire mm -hmm. but not in a way that's like weaponized yes yeah it's, and I, I like I think you get this a lot uh, I, I think you see this much more in like male authors mm -hmm. which is all like well she's not gonna sleep with me so I'm gonna make her life a living hell right right um Don't quote me on that. So, <laughs> yeah, I I actually in my notes I wrote down Ethan is generous and caring, and he always wants to be doing right by people. Like that's that's who he is throughout the story. But I think that Wharton makes a really good point of recognizing and calling out the damage that can be done of self-sacrifice at all costs because that's essentially what Ethan is doing. He's always the one who's picking up the pieces for the people in his life that he cares about. And that's a very, um, I feel like in a lot of ways that's still kind of ingrained in, in society that like, uh, well, you just, you know, you give everything that you possibly can and like to the point where you're not caring about your own health, your own well-being. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's a very, uh, you know, Christian sentiment as well. I was going to say, I'm feeling a little bit of your Catholic yeah, upbringing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, but I, I agree, like, the eating the sins. Yes, um, yeah, right. I also think a little bit of, like, I think it's called Atlas Syndrome. Oh, where you um, have the whole world. Okay. Yeah, well, I think it's particularly uh, something that develops for for kids mm -hmm. who have to be the primary responsible person of their household. Right. Um, and so, like, kids who have to grow up sort of taking care of their parents because right. their parents can't really take care of them um, have a lot of trouble later in life mm -hmm. sort of developing those relationships because at any point they have to fall back into the role of the provider. Yeah. Um, they have to fall back in the role of the responsible individual. Um, and it sort of, it, it builds up barriers to their own happiness and sort of self-actualization yeah. because they need to take care of the people in their life. Now, I'm not saying that that's what Ethan Fromm is doing, mm -hmm. um, but there is, there is a degree of, I am the provider. Right. I need to take care. I need to take care. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's not even, I need to take care of blah, blah, blah. It's, I need to take care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is what makes him, I think, a well-rounded person. Pillar. Yeah, yeah. Pillar of this, this novel of just being like, he's generous and caring, but you can't like, um, Tommy was Zoet in the room where, have you seen the room? No. So, um, I'm going to talk about it anyway. Go for it. <laughs> Is that the one where the, the family, the little boy grows up only in one room? No. No, okay. That's Room. That's Room. Em- okay. Room by Emma Donahue. Okay. Apologies. Um, yeah. No, I, I accept your apology. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to log off tonight and you're going to Google The Room. The Room. Tommy Wiseau. Okay. And you're going to feel so silly. I am. Um, but, so Tommy Wiseau his main character in uh, in the room I don't even remember the character's name but uh, has no flaws <laughs> okay the character has no flaws uh, <laughs> he's he's handsome he's wealthy he uh, is generous I'm gonna google this right now um, and at that like the point it's going on it's like oh okay <laughs> It's like, I want to write the least accessible character. Yeah, no kidding. There is to like build like so when when he's cheated on, it's like, look how terrible she is. There's, there's something like something along those. Lines. Who can, who among us can understand what's going on in Tommy Wiseau's head? Um, but like, oh, even from wow. is a flawed individual. <gasps> I do know about this movie. Okay, I sorry. I think I think it's pretty difficult yeah. in the contemporary zeitgeist. Yeah, to yeah, be, yeah. Oh my god, that's so to be funny. Safe from Tommy Wiseau. Okay, sorry. Continue. No, <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, it's weird to be all like, I brought it up because they're that's they're different. So yeah. funny. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> This is how you write a, a doomed, generous person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Fromm is a real, like, it's not going to work out. Right. And it's kind of Edith Wharton, so you know it's not going to work right. out. Right, right. But you still get you still get that magic mm-hmm. of being alive, mm-hmm. of embodying yeah. this world. You're like, oh, fuck, it is cold out. Yeah, yeah. That's it. My favorite thing to do in real life is to read Edith Wharton while it's precipitating. Yes. Um, not my favorite thing, but it's up there. It's up it's one there. Of my favorite things. Top ten. It's like, oh, it's snowing. Let me get Age of Innocence <laughs> off the shelf. Nice. That's great. Oh, thunderstorm coming in. <gasps> House of Mirth. There we go. You can never not read House of Mirth. Oh, that's so great. Absolutely obsessed with House of Mirth. Um. Oh, that. I was gonna say also the just the atmosphere of the um of stark fields and the way it is described the way oh my god we got another meeting notice time yeah i don't know what's going on Dang. but it's so it's, it's okay because we're, we're wrapping up this week. yeah um the atmosphere is beautiful is all i was gonna say <laughs> um <laughs> and i also wanted to point out the the lack of options that exists for maddie um is another problem in the relationship between Ethan and Maddie and their options because she, you know, she has no money, she has no connections, she is unmarried, um, and she's a woman. <laughs> and so, what? <laughs> so what's she gonna do? Um, you know, she she tried working at a shop and it didn't work out, and you know, it's, it's all this stuff. Um, I think that the the. Uh, the point that is made about, um, you know, class and poverty and, um, the limitations set on you based on where you're born, who you're born to, all of that is really called out in this story as well. Um, in a, an important way. Yeah. I I remember reading something about Edith Wharton a couple of years ago. Um, I don't remember from where, uh, which is how you know it's really reliable. Definitely. But someone had, actually maybe it was about Virginia Woolf, 
No, no, it wasn't about Virginia Woolf. It wasn't, because Virginia Woolf didn't know how to write about um, lower-class people. Oh, yes. Um, Servants. Servants. Uh, <laughs> but uh, someone, maybe it was a Sparknuts thing, saying, like, Edith Wharton liked commenting on um, classes far removed from her own. Mm. And I'm like, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and by kind of, that's a huge red flag. That is a huge flag. red flag, wow. About having, have, you have sort of the posh Edith Newbold Jones walking in and being like, I know how the other half lives. Right, right. Um, this is how yes. my gardener on the mount must feel. <laughs> Well, it's like you read about the mountain, and you're like, this is just Xanadu. This yeah. is some Citizen Kane uh, <laughs> shit going on right here. We need to do a field trip and go to the uh, mountain. No, I was going to text you earlier today. Oh, okay. Um, we'll play. About that, but it, <laughs> take my word for it. Um, <laughs> my phone didn't remind me. Oh, well, damn. They're like, hey, you should text Nardy about going to the mountain. Um, but yeah, I'm there. I'm cool. There. I'm there. All right. Never been. Me neither. Never been. Yeah. Big fan. All right. Okay. Uh, should we go into rabbits? Sure. Yeah. This I feel like our conversation was so disjointed because of the Zoom meets. Yeah. But... I feel actually this is kind of air on like the shorter side. Yeah. Been, take out all the stuff. But yeah, yeah. All right. So I said this last time, but I'm gonna explain the segment for people who are joining us here at Ethan from. Yes. But at the end of every episode, Marty and I like to review the books on a scale of five rabbits, mm-hmm. zero to five rabbits. Decimals are allowed. Yes. Um, don't think and, about a half rabbit. And don't don't think too much about what constitutes a half rabbit. Yeah. Um, so, how many rabbits? How many rabbits do you give Ethan from? I'm giving Ethan. Um, I'm gonna give him a solid four. Yeah, I I for me Ethan, I was gonna give four and a quarter. Okay, a four and a quarter. quarter. Rabbits. Okay. Thinking about yeah. That like, might be the first quarter rabbit that we've ever. I think we gave a quarter rabbit. Did we? I think we definitely gave three quarter rabbits. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 Um, because at that point it's just like five rabbits is so restricted. I. And I don't think any either of us have the gall to go below what we gave Lord of the Flies. Oh God, I don't even remember um, what I gave Lord of the Flies. <laughs> we both gave it like one and a half rabbits. It was pretty pretty bad yeah out of a joint possible 10 rabbits yeah <laughs> we gave it three, three rabbits. rabbits and i just throw around the five rabbits willy-nilly where you whereas yeah, you, you did give it that one time whereas you will never <laughs> i don't like the stink you put on the review <laughs> this fucking snob We'll never give five well, rabbits. I hate that. I, think, I, I, I hate when people are like, um, I don't give five stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the big like, oh, do you think so highly of yourself? <laughs> you think your five stars are worth more than our five stars? Yeah. I, I'll give five stars to anything. Yeah. Like, you know, I had a Chipotle burrito. Gave me the runs. Amazing. Five stars. Five stars. There you go. <laughs> Figured out I was one of those soap cilantro people. Five stars. Oh, five stars. Yeah. Five stars. Uh, what the? All right. <laughs> if they mentioned shitting only once. <laughs> we did mention the Muppets. We mentioned Kermit. So, <laughs> so here yeah. we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> Gotta love it. Okay. Um, this is when I, like... I, I want to. I want to talk to the good lad about getting a musical sting mm. for this part to the next part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da da da. What's the Price Is Right loser horn? Oh, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! We end. We just end the podcast with that slide whistle. It was a trombone. I'm not appreciated in my time. All right, okay, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the Summer Reading Podcast. This has been our coverage of Ethan Frome, um, which is weird because I gush about Edith, Edith Wharton, but maybe you'd think I'd give it a higher score. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I, our music. Did you have something you wanted to say? I was going to say I think four and a quarter rabbits is a very good score. I feel I have an image of like a rabbit with a lucky rabbit's foot. Oh. 
of like of like yeah a, like, a, like a a weary rabbit yeah like a necklace around it. it's like this is my father wow that's this, this, yeah takes a dragon to cigarette <laughs> you kids know watership down <laughs> oh we should read that one watch it I love watership down oh god okay um right. sorry okay. I keep derailing us continue no no it takes two to have a conversation <laughs> um uh, this has been the Summer Reading Podcast. Our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on at Nathan.Morrissey77 on Instagram. Um, we should send him that edible arrangement. Oh, yeah. Uh, our editor is my brilliant, amazing, lovely, brilliant, wonderful mom, Rosa Maria. You can find her on Instagram and on Etsy at Crochetwell. Uh, buy her stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do it. This podcast is created and produced by us. Woo! I have been your professor, Jack. And I have been your librarian, Marty. And uh, please join us next time where we talk about... Do you want to say what we're Yeah, because I love this book so much. We are going to talk about The Hate You Give. The Hate You Give. By Angie Thomas. Um, fantastic. I actually forgot... <laughs> <laughs> that we're, we're going we're doing another one right into this one we don't have to we can no, no, do no, it no 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 i'm prepared to no i'm just gonna pour a glass of prosecco because i'm out of bourbon perfect and you know what they say as you get older you should mix your drinks more absolutely so uh <laughs> uh thank you for listening and we will hear you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>